age of big data, your personal information has essentially become a commodity. Your user experience is curated by these external interests. Your, your digital realm has become a space of clutter, surveillance, and incredible manipulation. You need to be GDPR compliant. You need to accept all of these cookies. You need to abide by these terms and conditions. You have ads thrown at you still. You still have pop-ups of all things, right? Pop-ups, things that are interrupting your, your experience, and you're just constantly getting interrupted, none of which you've asked for. But imagine if you can reverse the polarity of that and say, okay, well, what if I have all of the signals because I'm the one creating the data? What if I could pull in all of the information that I need instead of constantly giving my information out to all of these platforms? And we feel like this is software for a new society. This is a new OS and our, our first go-to-market, right, is within a super app experience where now you can drive hyper efficiencies between what you consume and what the brands actually want to sell to you because you've opted in because now you can give your data to the people that you want, but then hold your data back. You have content curation capabilities, you have personalization capabilities. This opens up the gamut for how society can function. Welcome to Emergence Now, where we delve into resilience, self-mastery, and the sparks of human evolution. Whether you're an innovator amid change or a leader carving a sustainable path in a tech-driven world. Our podcast ignites fresh possibilities when life and career challenges intersect. My name is Darren and I'm joined by my co-host, Nikos. How are you? Buddy? I'm great, my friend. Great, great, great. All right. So, Nikos, I want to dive right in. Uh, in, in a previous episode, we planted some seeds on AI and human flourishing. We'll plug that into the show notes so that listeners can refer to that episode. And I know there's some big things happening in your world. Uh, a project, uh, a startup, I, I think that's going to be an understatement. I want to say a mission that you've been working on the last few years is now finally coming out of stealth. So I'd like to, um, I'd like to talk about this because this is something that uh, is super inspiring. And I know this is a very big mission that you've committed uh, and devoted uh, your life to uh, in the last few years and, uh, and in the coming years to come. Uh, so let's uh, let's dive right in. Uh, if you can just take us through the the project, yeah, uh, the mission that you've been working on. Oh man, I I am so happy to be able to do this, just because it's been on my mind, in my heart, while I've been doing all of these other things, right? And so I think you posted the other day that if you chase two rabbits, you get no rabbits. And that's one of the lessons that I've learned over over the last uh, few years that, as you know, in entrepreneurship, pace is everything. But I've also learned a lot of lessons, lessons that you've kind of been touting to to your group and your audience for quite some time in terms of essentialism in sense of, in the sense of, you know, where you allocate your time. Time is the most precious. You'll always make money as an entrepreneur. But mindset, time, where you allocate that energy 
and prioritization is just going to be super, super key here. But then I'll also get into some of the growth factors as well. So I'll sum up this project, right? It's a project that my friends in Chicago and I have been working on for, for the last four years. We've been incubating two years and then we've been developing for two years. And the reason why we've taken so long in stealth is because we've firmly rooted very, 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 very strong roots and foundations into the mission of this thing. Now I'll describe the mission first and then we'll get into the company and the structure and then what it actually does, right? So with everything going on in, in AI right now, everybody's all freaked out, right? Um, you know, what are you doing with our algorithms? What's going on with data? Is AI going to kill us? Is it going to take us into the next level? Are we going to transcend from it? There's there's a lot of of good and bad. It's it's just a, a huge double-edged sword. We're tackling it from a much different angle. And the the mission is called Software for a New Society. And the bigger idea, the bigger concept is that of universal intelligence, right? So not artificial intelligence. That's another, you know, huge, huge factor to this, right? Is it like, why, why is it artificial to begin with? And we're saying everybody's got it wrong from that perspective. So the very framework underlying the Western web right now is, is reaching this tipping point, okay? So the demands of AI, data transparency, people just, you know, not having sovereignty over their data, privacy concerns, everything going on around surveillance capitalism, deep fakes, right? Especially as we move into an election year, it's it seems to be tearing society apart. And we've talked about the polarization of society for all of these for all of these um, episodes, right? And talking about the social dilemma, talking about how the, bifur the bifurcation of media is causing kind of this divisiveness, kind of tearing society up as it seems. So as every company around the world is kind of racing to catch up to this ever sinking horizon, it's in this moment that my company, Dial In, can both propel humanity into the next generation by positioning itself as kind of this, this global technological tour de force, for, for, for lack of a better term, as well as being the heart of the next technological and spiritual age, right? So so what is it? What, what is this tech platform? Why this movement? Why are we, we kind of solving this from the very ground up? It's because the entire web is broken. You don't own your data. Um, you don't have sovereignty over your data. And, and now it's caused all of these ripple effects in society, such as, um, you know, everything that you're that you're feeling, the, the anxiety that you're getting in social media, um, the bipolarization mm. that we've talked about. Yeah. And so what our platform enables you to do is it enables you to be the architect of your own digital universe instead of the algorithms dictating your interactions and your personal data being harvested by the big tech companies of the world, Dial-In basically lets you take control with customizable dials. And so this is a revolutionary new system that allows you to personalize your online experience, your own data, and basically preserve your digital privacy. So that was a lot. I'll, I'll pause and you know, if you have any questions or if you want to respond, we can we can continue. But that's the high level, high level idea of what we're solving for and why it why it is so huge. Right. Because of the fact that we're, we're kind of solving and re-architecting and quite literally redesigning the Internet from from the very ground up. OK, so. Some of the listeners. Are probably wondering, well, you know, 
Nikos, why is the web broken? What do you mean by it's broken? Because when I jump on my phone and, you know, I go to any of the AI tools that I've been using or any of the, you know, uh, destinations on the internet, right? From my email to social to everything in between. I mean, I get, I pretty much get what I want. Right? Yeah. Why yeah. is it broken? I, I love this question. I love this question because a lot of people aren't aware of what's being taken from them. And it strikes at the very root of the very core of the problem, right? Because we feel from our perspective that humanity has lost its center. And what we mean by that is the digital age has pretty much exacerbated the very worst tendencies in our society, and it's thrust them predominantly upon defenseless children, teenagers, drawing them into advertising traps of further and further engagement. There's a lot of content right now about uh, Gen Zers that are writing spoken word poetry about how they are not fulfilling the they're not fulfilling the requirements of their own personas of their own digital personas they're seeing kind of this gap and they don't know why it's broken because yes in the external world i'm getting everything that i want i'm seeing everything that i think that i want on my feed yet more people feel emptier than ever before more people are mm. are are not feeling a sense of well-being more than ever before more people are are having mental anxiety, mental and social anxiety more than ever before. And, and not only that, they feel kind of this, this disparity between kind of what they're seeing on the outside world and, and what they're feeling on the inside. Because our entire world has been built upon the externalities of what we see, right? What can I show people? Uh, what are the benchmarks that I can hit? What is this new level of me? Am I Am I cruising around in a private jet yet because I'm an entrepreneur? Am I eating in five-star restaurants? Am I doing all of these things externally that I can show on social media? And what's happening on social media? All of these different platforms are basically harvesting and taking in your data and changing your perspectives and changing your behavior. But how are you as a person feeling inside? And it's that subjective reality that we are, we are unpacking and we are unfolding. And the whole mission is to give that back. We, we want to give people's inner worlds back to them because it's been taken away by by our digital world. So yeah, it's it's pretty deep and it's pretty heavy, but that's that's the best way to encapsulate it. So so you touched on the problem. The web is broken. And then you spoke to how Dialin uh, addresses that that problem that uh, that 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 the, the the current reality that that we all live in, right? And when I was in Chicago, and I heard you speak about dialing in 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 great detail, uh, along with your co-founders, uh, you know, you guys are not just referring to a business. I can't help but think about the impact that your company, your mission will have on society, right? It's big, it's inspiring, it's transformative. I'm curious about how Dialin can contribute to the flourishing of society. Yeah, that is, that is fantastic. I, I love that you asked this question because in the age of big data, your personal information has essentially become a commodity. 
your user experience is curated by these external interests, your, your digital realm has become a space of clutter, surveillance, and incredible manipulation. I don't know if you've gone on the web recently, but everything is, you know, you need to be GDPR compliant. You need to accept all of these cookies. You need to abide by these terms and conditions. You have ads thrown at you still. You still have pop-ups of all things, right? Pop-ups, things that are interrupting <laughs> your, your experience, and you're just constantly getting interrupted, none of which you've asked for. Yet, yes, every now and then you're going to get like really, really highly curated ads based on what you were already shopping for. But you're absolutely right. This is more than a product. It's even more than a company. It is 100% a mission, and that's what we we want people to get behind because we are building a global coalition of partners within the ecosystem. And we feel like this is software for a new society. This is a new OS, and our, our first go-to-market, right, is within a super app experience. It's an app on your phone, but the model itself is, is fractal. And what I mean by fractal is the model for the dials being able to essentially have keywords that you can own and taking those keywords in um, non-binary terms. So you see the entire spectrum of what you describe, having people own those keywords in your own personal cloud platform, and then thus putting your data into a marketplace where now you can drive hyper efficiencies between what you consume and what the brands actually want to sell to you because you've opted in because now you can give your data to the people that you want, but then hold your data back. You have content curation capabilities, you have personalization capabilities. This opens up the gamut for how society can function. And you know what I'll say about that, and I won't unpack it too much just because there's, there's a lot of detail here that gets into you know, really, really technical stuff around economics and psychology and spirituality. But if you think about how GPS works, right? It kind of starts to predict the future, right? I need to get to this destination. It's it's Christmas time. And so I want to get from the West Loop of Chicago into the Gold Coast. It's going to take 20 minutes. Here's the exact destination that I want. Maybe I want to take Jordi to the Louboutin store on Oak Street in, in Gold Coast. And the GPS will, will tell me exactly from, from an Uber's perspective, it'll calculate how much traffic I need to go through. Uh, which specific streets I need to go to based on all of these signals that are feeding the platform. But imagine if you can reverse the polarity of that and say, okay, well, what if I have all of the signals because I'm the one creating the data? What if I could pull in all of the information that I need instead of constantly giving my information out to all of these platforms? So it quite literally reverses the polarity of the web and provides kind of this new model for how humanity should essentially operate in the future. Yeah. So, so moments of breakthrough shape our path, right? Uh, which then influence our mindset and, and our whole approach, right? So can you share a personal breakthrough that significantly impacted you on your journey as you you know, as you started working on dial-in or any personal breakthroughs that you're going through right now as we speak, as you're coming out of stealth? Yes, absolutely. This one is huge. And I will introduce the concept of surrender and my own personal surrender experiment. So Michael Singer, this 
lifelong, I, I would even call him a yogi at this point, but he is a, a lifelong entrepreneur billionaire who wrote two wonderful, amazing books. One is called The Untethered Soul and the other one is called uh, The Surrender Experiment. He's basically distilled thousands of years of Eastern philosophy into this concept around surrender, which is exactly what the Vedas and the Bhagavad Gita um, in principle communicates, which is you need to surrender to the greater forces. And some would describe that as God. Some would describe that as I want something that is larger than myself. Now, for the last three or four years, as we've been not building this thing, growing this thing, I've been involved in numerous other projects to the degree in which it's caused me mental burnout, mental strain, depression. Uh, I've experienced numerous dark, dark nights of the soul because there's something there was something going on in here that I couldn't articulate why. It was because the Western mind, the the entire paradigm of the Western mind forced me to live with the pain, to live with the suffering and to overcome it, to basically take and harness this thing that I'm feeling, the suffering, and to just keep it in its place, right? Because that is what a strong entrepreneur does. The strong entrepreneur overcomes obstacles. The strong entrepreneur grits through it. The strong entrepreneur overcomes anything that is put in front of them instead of just letting it all go. And so what did the universe do for me? And so the last three weeks have been very, very monumental in my most recent breakthrough. And I've, I've only experienced this, I'd say, uh, twice in, in my life. This is, this is the second time. The first is when, you know, in my, in my 20s, I, I had experienced a similar dark night of the soul where I was just um, partying my butt off and um, felt just terrible about it because I was, I, I had, you know, witnessed and experienced early success and I was having fun and I was super young, but then a lot of what I did ended up being like super empty. And so that's when I had my first spiritual transformation. Fast forward 15 years later, I experienced something different. Now, of course, I, I have 15 plus years of experience on top of that kid who was partying a lot, lots of entrepreneurial experience, lots of experience in the corporate world, lots of experience as an executive, but something else was still kind of like tugging at me. And what happened was, is I, I really wanted something to break. I wanted, I created the space for a breakthrough. I wasn't being completely honest with myself about what was going on. And so the universe handed it to me. The universe said, hey, you don't need these other projects anymore. So one of my projects just completely dissipated. Um, another one also completely just dissipated. And I, I would quite literally say it, it disappeared. And it felt like the parting of a Red Sea. It was like, okay, I was asking for this. I didn't want to make the move because Beautiful. I was being incredibly astute about being an entrepreneur and saying, no, I'm going to grit through this no matter how painful it is. But the universe just handed it to me and said, guess what? You don't need this in anymore and you're having a wow. hard time letting go, I am going to let this go on your behalf. And so two mm. major, major projects that were, and, and the space had just, beginning of December, the space just like cleared out and I got a chance to reboot. I got a chance to, to, to meditate again, to create the space, to, create, to, to be more aligned with what I really want, to be artistic again, to be prolific again, and to, to really go full on like would dial it. We're like, okay, I am no longer all of these things that are giving me an identity mm. crisis. I am wearing one jersey and one jersey alone, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Dial In, and that is it. 
this is the last job I'm ever going to have. So that that was the big breakthrough. It, it aligned itself in this constellation of both a spiritual path and also what my work needed to be. And once you find that purpose between something that is beyond yourself, even beyond building a company, of course, some of those aspects are still there in terms of, you know, how to overcome obstacles and things like that. But it definitively shifted my entire paradigm in terms of what I need to do next. And now there is just there's no confusion. There's no hedging bets. There is no oh, I'm going to you know kind of keep my my foot in the door here. There's there's just no confusion whatsoever about what I need to do next. Your um, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, it reminds me of Rumi's quote. The wound is the place where the light enters you. Ugh. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened to you. Ugh. Oh, oh, man, that just gave me goosebumps. Oh, love that. I love that, man. It was a challenging period and it was arduous. Obviously, it was really challenging, but it became the catalyst for profound self-discovery and spiritual growth. Uh, yeah, those dark night of the souls. I mean, those moments, they're very, very powerful, right? And and that's exactly what happens is you shed all those identities that you thought you were only to become who you were meant to be. I, I love this. This is this is a huge part of it, right? Is I I wasn't willing to let anything go. And this goes back to that that analogy that you had mentioned, like right before you did kind of like a pregame before your morning run. And you were like, hey, I need to leave Deeran back at home. What if I just left Deeran back at home? And, and so that was a, another fractal. And you'll see these patterns move all around, right? So Osho talks about this uh, a lot in the in the Book of Secrets, which is, um, you know, one of the most powerful meditation books. It's, you know, when you first start learning to draw attention to your breath, what happens in the space in between your inhale and your exhale. And if you only focus in that space in between, that is when the universe starts to really, really open up. And how can I relate that to kind of letting go, right? It's we feel like we're, we're constantly filling in the space because we need to do things. We need to take action. We need to act. We need to go out there, right? Like everything again is like is external when really the magic happens in the spaces between you taking action. It's in the stillness that this growth actually occurs. It's in between breaths that the growth actually occurs. And that is not with this eye or this eye. The, the two eyes, just like the same thing. They, they divide everything up. Well, this is good. This is bad. Oh, we have product market fit here. Oh, that angel isn't good. Or yeah, this book was good. Oh, wait, I didn't really like the ambiance at this restaurant. Like you're constantly dividing the two, right? But what the third eye gets you is it gets you to, to combine those things. And once you combine mm. those things, then it's it's you don't see it as non-dual anymore. And what happens? Awareness, right? So awareness happens from understanding the two poles. And that, that gets a, a little bit deeper into the principle of, of what this thing is, which is why it's not just a product and it's not just a company anymore, right? This is this is something very principled in that, that sits in nature. This already exists in nature, mm. but we are we are the first entity that that is kind of bringing it about and um, and letting people be more aware of of kind of what's going on in nature in order to get this done. Which is why we're calling it dial in, right? It's mm. not dial out; it's dial in. 
dial in. Mm. So, you know, in, in our conversations, you talk about this concept of spiritual technology. Yeah. Right. And it's it's fascinating. It's intriguing. How do you define this term and, and how has it influenced your spiritual journey and how does it intersect with dial-in? Yeah, that is that is an amazing question. And I've I've alluded to it a little bit, and I will start I will start this by kind of laying the foundation for where I've I've come from as uh, somebody that's studied a lot of studied a lot of mythology from kind of an academic standpoint, but going through a lot of spiritual transformation in my life, having been brought up as a Catholic and then a Christian, and then now having interest in in, in more of Eastern religions and then combining everything um, into kind of one unified perspective. And all of those things that I've, I've learned are, are still tremendously valuable. Um, but now what's interesting about the, the spiritual journey for me is that the big takeaway is that all religion was aiming to do was aiming to unlock enlightenment for every individual that encounters it. Mm. But unfortunately, it's been misconstrued as, you know, power struggles and who should own what and, you know, what God we should be praying capitalism. to and capitalism. And ultimately, I think humanity has kind of lost its way from that perspective and it's become kind of like a, a battle of, of the religions. But that's that's part of the thesis around how the mind divides things and, and is constantly divisive. And what we're placing our bets on is this reintegration of humanity into one holistic entity. And that's what we're calling universal intelligence. That's what we're calling the the singularity. Right. So now 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 it's kind of starting to tie in themes that we're seeing at a, at a much larger scale. And so. What's interesting about this is that it's, again, you'll see the product and it's a, it's a kick butt kind of product. It's an app and it's a super sexy app. It's a, it's a brand and it's a super sexy brand and it's got all of those things. Um, but really it's something more, right? It is, it is a new foundational technology that, that starts, that starts with all, I think we couldn't do this without, without the web. We couldn't do this without the the iPhone coming out in 2007 and, and quite literally changing the world in terms of your own personal devices. We couldn't do this with um, billions of APIs that are kind of like running through, um, you know, the web and ingesting all of this information and, and AI. But now we're quite literally given the vernacular to connect every single individual on this earth, right? So think about the opposite of the Tower of Babel. People don't have to be... Uh, speaking different languages at, at different times, right? This is a unifying, unifying technology that sits at the the very essence of where humanity needs to go, which is this this holistic consciousness, this collective consciousness, and and being able to create that, and and that's why there's a, an interesting spiritual component to this. Again, even though there is very they're very key use cases, and we'll we'll hit our KPIs and and our outcomes and all of those things. But there's there's also a sense of, you know, what got us here and what I mean by that is what got me here, like in Silicon Valley and, and just having success in the tech space and making some money and having some good jobs and looking at all of the KPIs and 
looking at that and saying, hey, you know what? What got us here with all of those tools? Those tools are wonderful. They're great. But what got us here is not going to get us over the Jordan. It's not going to get us to the other side. We need something completely new. And, and from that comes the growth, the principle, the something that goes beyond what you can measure on a spreadsheet, something that goes beyond what you can put and feed into a data visualization dashboard, right? This is pure X factor. And it is not something that you can measure. It's only something that you can feel. We're working on how to put measurements in place into how and to have the app kind of reflect what's inside you. But it, it becomes pure feeling, pure intuition. That something kind of it comes from someplace else. And all I can say is that it comes from beyond this world because the pragmatists, the scientists, and I've been an astute pragmatist and scientist for a very, very long time. I, I only... I only believe what I can see, what I can touch, what I can measure, what I've read in a research paper. Ah, th throw all of that out the window. Uh, it, it, nothing, mm. nothing matches kind of like this feeling that I have right now, and the feeling that I know you've had after after your retreats, after you've had uh, a kick butt TED talk, and you're just the immense gratitude that you feel. You just cannot measure that, can you? Um, mm. So, so that is that is kind of the alignment between you know spirituality and technology, product and technology, brand and technology, this is a technology, right? Like what, what I'm describing to you right now, this technique is, is a technology. And once we unlock this for people, there's, there's just no going back from this. Hey there, we're taking a quick break from the show to let you know that if you'd like to invite Derain or Nikos to speak at your next event on topics ranging from emergence and the inner game to the future of AI, we've got you covered. Simply email us at info at emergencenowpod.com. Once again, that's info at emergencenowpod.com. Now, let's dive back to the show. So for, for the listeners who've been listening to the show, uh, I don't know if you can tell, but Nikos's voice sounds very different. I mean, I can feel the passion in the vibration of your voice. Like there, there's something in our conversation today that is distinctly different. I'm just talking about the tone. Like I, I just feel the passion, the, the mission, the, you know, um, this, this excitement. Uh, it's very deep. I, I, appreciate I just wanted you. to point that out to you. Thank you, Darren. I, I appreciate you saying that because whenever, whenever somebody asks such like an arbitrary question as like how how are you, I've stopped saying you know, fine, like I'm doing good. You'll <laughs> like people will just respond like people will just respond by saying I'm good or yeah I'm great and they they don't even yeah, like yeah. really mean it. It's almost like a knee jerk reaction to it. But when somebody asks me that, like uh, I'll respond by saying I'm a seven, I'm a I, I'm an eight, yeah. Uh, for the last three weeks or so, ever since the the dark night, the dark night of the soul, um, and I'll go back to this because it's just so so critical to it. Like, take us. Uh, so two weeks before, uh, I think it was two weeks before this actually happened. Uh, I had a meeting with my co-founders, and we were talking about co-founder alignment. I was just so, like, not it. And what I mean by that is everything about it was so not it. I had a tough love conversation with my co-founder Deep. He gave me some tough love and he was like, look at the scoreboard, dude. What, what's going on right now? And 
after that, it was Thanksgiving and I felt the most opposite thing of gratitude. Like it was just so the opposite of gratitude. I was not thankful for anything, even though I was saying the words, oh, I'm so grateful for my life. I'm so grateful for my things. I'm so grateful for my family <laughs> and all of the, mm. but I was not grateful. I was not grateful. Mm. I was like the, the, the suffering that I had felt because of what I was not doing, because of the mission that I was not serving, it became like, oh, okay, I, there's something weird going on here. I am, I am not serving my purpose. I am not serving who I am. I'm not being true to myself. I'm not being honest with myself about what needs to happen. And then right after that, that's when the universe just did a rug pull on me. And then just everything just like broke completely, completely wide open. So now I've been at peak Nikos, right? I've been, you're absolutely right. Like talk about frequency. I've been, I've been like a nine, nine out of 10, like for, for most days for, and, and it's like when I, when I'm sharing this message, it's when I'm talking about this thing, I am, I am at a peak and you're feeling it right now. And I wish we were in the room together. I'm, I'm so surprised you could even, you can even feel it on, you know, uh, online, but you're absolutely right. I've been, I've been my 100%. peak self. Yeah. 100%. So you, you said something about, that's beautiful. You said something about how, uh, you know, when people ask you how you're doing, you're a seven. You don't give them that, ah, I'm okay or I'm not good. You know, it's not a binary dual nature response, right? So tell me how dial-in fits in that context, right? Duality and its relationship with nature has this profound significance, right? And there's this interplay between, you know, how we interact with, you know, all the apps that we use on the web, right? It's it's very binary in nature, right? So how does dial-in fix that problem? Or how does it change the 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 context? Yeah. The stage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh the the simplest, most intuitive analogy is moving from a light switch to a dimmer switch with all data, everything that you can describe, right? So all data is being created right now. In order for data to make sense, you need a keyword to describe something. That's a chair. That's a lamp. You're Deeran. I'm Nikos. Everything needs a label. And so while other platforms give you kind of limited customization, options through binary keywords. All keywords are binary, right? And I've talked about this example before, beautiful sunset. If I put hashtag beautiful on that sunset, does it mean yeah. if I don't include that that word beautiful, does it mean that it's not beautiful? Okay, great. Now it's hashtag beautiful. For one, you don't own that keyword. And two, that doesn't really tell me anything about the sunset. Now you can describe how beautiful and what is beautiful about that sunset, right? Not only is it how, how beautiful, is it a five out of 10? Is it a seven out of 10? Am I Nico seven out of 10? Am I two out of 10? While being able to describe something, it's just very elusive and people can't really relate to it. But now we have the tools and the dial is the connection between all of the keywords. And more importantly, it becomes the connection between you and your data, the things that you describe. And now it sets up, you know, it or not it. And what I mean by that is, is it beautiful or not? And if it's like, what is beautiful or not? It's beauty, right? So attractiveness, um, ambiance in a restaurant. Does this have good ambiance or not? It or not it, right? 
uh, was the food good or not? Food was good. No, it wasn't. What, what, what was good about it? So now you can quite literally take a keyword, apply it to content that you create. So you take a picture, you set a dial. Now you could put your own dial set. If you're a foodie like me, you're looking at everything about the restaurant, right? Not just food, ambiance, and service. You're looking at the music. You're looking at the flavor in food. You're looking at how salty it was. And, and if you think about that, that has unparalleled resolution for how you start to describe things. And now you can customize things the way that you want. So dials aren't just on and off switches. They offer like a full spectrum of control. So now you can organize content around your subjective inner world, not just your outer world, and you can create unique sets of spaces, worlds. And, and it's not just the dial. The dial is just, that's one operating system, but this is a fundamentally new operating system. You have spaces, um, you have a way to experience the web and all your digital life in, in multiple dimensions. And, and so there's an entire media experience around this. There's a social networking experience around this. There's a business experience around this. So it, it quite literally takes the fundamental notion of a dial and it uses it to create kind of a, a better design, a newer design for the web, which is why we're calling it, you know, universal intelligence and uh, the, the proposal for software of a new society. Okay, Nikos, I want to circle back to uh, the surrender that you, you speak about, right? Uh, because Michael Singer basically talks about how the surrender experiment is about, it's about removing personal preference, right? Surrendering control, you know, means you have to trust the, the guidance of, let's just call it the universe, right? So, which, which leads to unexpected, but beautiful outcomes. Now, how does this, how, I mean, can you speak about how, you know, your journey in surrendering, right? What is your relationship now to your personal preference? I mean, where is that fine line between, okay, yeah, I want this versus, you know, I'm going to let the universe guide me if this is something that is meant to be. Yes, this one is huge. This was the biggest thing for me. Now, the, the most foundational principle in Singer's work, the way that he communicates with it, and again, this comes from thousands and thousands of years of, of Vedic wisdom and, and Eastern wisdom, is that you have to first be aware of everything that's going on. And it's usually right here. This is like the best barometer, compass, GPS of, of, of everything going on in your life. And every time something happens to you, just accept it as, as neutral. And that's the hardest part for, for people, right? Is something will happen to them and it'll be, oh, like my, my order came out and last night was like a perfect example. Uh, I ordered, you know, Greek food, you know, with Jordi and one of the dishes didn't come. And, you know, instead of complaining about it and being like, oh man, this like really, really sucks. This is, this is bad or this is good. You define things, right? You're constantly looking at, you know, things as half empty versus half full when really in most parts of the world, they're happy just to have a cup. And so you start with one, understanding the reaction that you're getting to anything that happens in your life, no matter how small or how big, right? This, this goes with 
really, really big treacherous things like deaths in the family, car accidents and, and things like that. Right. Just just look at that. Look at that instance in that situation and separate yourself from the emotion. And then from there, once you once you create the space between you, the observer of that emotion, something really, really magical starts to happen. Right. When you create that space and you're observing yourself having that experience, something, something really, really happens that is just completely out of the box, which is you start asking yourself like deeper questions like, who am I? Like, who am I for real? Who is it that is experiencing this pain? Who is it really that is experiencing these things? Why is it good or bad? Why am I defining this as good or bad? And I'm not going to reveal too much of it because everybody needs to kind of go on this path on their own. So I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal the magic trick of, of what ultimately the answer to the question is, who am I that's experiencing these things? But but that's only something you can experience in deep, deep, deep meditation. And and my relationship with that now is instead of predefining everything, and of course you have to make some plans, and of course you have to make choices, and of course you have to do your job, and of course there there, there are things that you need to, to basically keep the lights on and to keep the ship running. But now when you surrender, now it's just Thor's hammer. Now it's just like things like start to happen. But the key thing here is like you have to have the faith first. It doesn't work in a way in which, you know, show me this works and prove to me this works and I'm going to set up an experiment and only then it's going to work. The reversal from a subjective perspective is the faith comes first. The proof in the pudding comes later. And that is one of the biggest realizations that I always knew it was there, but my mind just always got in my way. So, you know, this is going to plant the seed for our, our next episode. But, you know, one of my biggest resolutions is I'm I am not going to let my mind get in the way of of everything that the universe has in store for me. And that's what surrender means to me. And I, I hope this plants the seed for for people to to be open to this type of approach instead of constantly crafting a narrative or a story around why good or bad things happen or how things should be because they're not this, they're this, they're not that. And again, it's it and not that, this and not that. And um, it just, it opens up your awareness once you, once you learn that you're constantly defining things. But, but again, that's what, that's what we're hoping to do is like, okay, now that you are defining it and not it, what, what happens after that is, is the awareness for, or, or even in this case, it goes, what, what does surrender enable you to do? It enables you to transcend. Mm. It reminds me of another book uh, that uh, that Michael Singer wrote, The Untethered Soul. And he refers to the voice, right? The mind, the voice uh, as the crazy roommate and how we are not that voice. You are not that voice. And uh, and I remember when I first read that book, I asked my, my son, uh, he was... I think he was nine at that point. I asked him, this was Mikhail. I asked him, I said, do, do you have a voice in your head? Right? Because I was wondering, like, do at what age does a nine-year-old have that voice? And he said, yeah, I do. Uh, I said, what is it saying? And I remember we were, we were about to, he was about to do a race. He was about to swim 
around the Borge. It was like a, a 400 meter swim. For him, it was like a really big challenge, right? And he said, I have two voices. He said, the first voice is telling me that I can't do it. I shouldn't do it. I'm going to drown. And it's full of fear, Papa, is what he said. And then he said, there's this other voice that says, you can do it. You can do it. You're ready. And, um, and it reminded me of that book and how, you know, we are constantly going through. And, and so then I spoke to him about, you know, just observing that conversation between these two voices, exactly what you just said, right? Uh, being the observer, metacognition. Right. And and just being aware that, yeah, that that is not us. What what I love about that example, not just because it was Mikhail and, but how old is he now? Now he's thirteen. He's thirteen. Okay, so this is very very critical yeah. for the parents in the room, right? Something to be aware of. There is some moment, and it could take place between the ages of seven to ten. Something happens, right? with children when they start to get more of that voice. And I'm not saying the voice is bad, but think about your children when they are just completely in the moment without that voice. They're just, whatever they're liking, they're just gonna grab it. If they're feeling sad, they're feeling sad, they're gonna let you know about it. If they're angry, they haven't had their nap, they're gonna let you know about it. Just going from moment to moment and just being completely, completely just embedded within, right? But something happens and they start thinking a lot more and and maybe this is the reversal that actually needs to happen and then they start to have that voice and then for they get into the school system and then the school teaches them well this is good this is bad this is what to do to get good grades you have to learn this this is what it takes to be successful and then you're you're given all of this structure right and like in my mid 40s i'm trying to unlearn everything I'm, i mean you should see the pile of my books here mm. that i'm quite literally going to give away to goodwill there's <laughs> hundreds of them there's quite literally hundreds of them that just gives me like all of all of these neuroses and so now i've seen them yeah i'm going to yeah. let it all go and when i let it all go then that's when thor's hammer happens that's when i just have the knowledge that's just directly coming to me right instead of me constantly prescribing these things so for the parents just just keep that in mind. Just be aware. Be aware of, of when your kids are completely in the moment and you experience those things versus when they start to have that voice in their head telling them something and uh, and just be aware of it. That's all. Yeah. I mean, what do most people struggle with and, and, and how is it? How is it all in their minds? Right. So you think about mindset, right? Mindset often it, it shapes our experiences and challenges, right? In your experience, Nikos, how does mindset influence, you know, the struggle that you go through in your personal and and your journey within Dialin? Yeah. And this one is another big component of that, right? Is the mind often just gets in the way of absolutely everything. Hmm. And this, just to close the loop on everything we've talked about, because we we kind of nailed it with, you know, the mind gets convoluted. Most of the stuff that catalyzes our suffering is made up. And we make these things up because of our preferences, because of how we've defined things as they should be or how they should not be. And 
we're constantly telling ourselves that story, that voice in our head is constantly giving us that angst. And so for me, it again starts with the meditation moving from acceptance. So accepting a premise of, oh, well, you know, this Uber driver was late. I shouldn't tip him or, oh my gosh, my flight got canceled. This is like the worst thing ever to sitting with it, separating myself from it, and then realizing that it's perfect. <laughs> Everything is just perfect. And that is that is transcendence. It, it even goes beyond surrender. But it starts with understanding that your mind just gets in the way. Uh, yes, we need language. Yes, we need to define things because it's how we communicate. It's how we interact with ourselves in the world. But again, the things that are that make me flourish and the things that will make humanity flourish are the things that you've identified that you just can't like, oh man, look at look at your energy, look at your frequency right now, right? And and it's a feeling. It's not, it's not words. And it's not because I've wrapped a narrative around that. Well, Nikos happens to be very vibrant, or his skin looks has a little bit more glow, or his 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 vocal, you know, his vocalization tends to be like at at this frequency or that frequency. That's like, yes, of course you could break that down scientifically. But the qualia, like the X factors, the feelings that you have. Those are the things that are going to make humanity flourish in, in the future. And that's exactly what we're optimizing to with dial in. Mm. And, and, and when you say perfect, when you say perfect, does that mean neutral to you? What does perfect mean? Uh, perfect means it's neither bad or good. Because where can our listeners learn more about this mission that is dial in? Absolutely. Well, you could log into our site today and for a limited time, you can actually sign up for our private beta, which we are extending a little bit before we do our, our formal launch. So you can log into dialin.io to sign up for the private beta and just learn a little bit more about our mission. Because I have to say, this is one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. I really enjoyed this conversation. And if you like this episode and you're happy to support us and the show, if you can share this with, there's there's only one way that you can really help us. And it's going to mean the world to us. We spend a lot of time and energy to make these conversations accessible and to help as many of our listeners to get value. So if you can share it with your friends, your coworkers, your colleagues, uh, in your network who may also learn from it. The second thing you can do is to give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. I know all podcasters ask you to do this, but this is the one way to help us reach more listeners that we can impact. Thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Now, where we explore the emerging trends, technologies, and ideas that are shaping our world today for you to discover yourself. We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights that you can apply in your own life. If you want to stay up to date with our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And don't forget to follow us on social media, where we share additional content, engage with our community, and keep the conversation going. Thanks again for listening to Emergence Now, and we hope you'll join us for the next episode.